What's going on guys? It's your girl Maya K with Keys to the Game. I'm so excited about my guest for today. As a Philly native, I always say that Philadelphia breeds some of the best uh, entertainers, the best people, and I'm happy to have, uh, to me, he's like world-renowned producer on the line, and so I'm about to introduce him, and then I'm going to bring him in. He definitely has keys to the game, so I encourage everyone who hears this episode, if you know someone who is trying to break into the music business, especially on the production side, to listen to this episode. Carmen Higgins, a Grammy award-winning, multi-platinum-selling songwriter and producer, has not only worked with your favorite artists, favorite artists, but he's helped them reach success with chart-topping hits that are sure to be classics for decades. A Philly native, Carmen first burst onto the music scene as an MC, but later spread his wings into uncharted territory with his friend and business partner, Ivan Barrios. I hope I said his last name right. The duo affectionately known as Carmen and Ivan worked under their own company, Karma Productions, producing hits for, and the list is long, so bear with me, Let Us See, Layla Hathaway, Jasmine Sullivan, Jill Scott, Music Soul Child, Justin Timberlake, Mario, Chris Brown, Raheem Devon, Keisha Cole, Jaheem, Estelle, Floetry, Skills, Faith Evans, Rick Ross, and that's not even the complete list. Known for pinning music with real-life experiences that resonate with everyday people, Carvin continued to master the sound that he and Ivan have become known for, fusing hip-hop with modern soul. Currently, Higgins is also, like, right, if that wasn't enough, currently, Higgins is also leading the charge to bring respect back to radio, starting with his ethical music entertainment label and his new artist, Bria Marie, whose songs, Bye Boy, IDK, and Celebrate, have been featured on MTV, VH1, and BET. Along with this, Carvin can now add author to his resume. In 2017, he released a book of quotes titled CGH, well, hashtag CGH Thoughts, which can be found on Amazon. Hagen's mission at this level of his musical career is to make music that is positive with unadulterated lyrics that have a powerful message. Somebody say amen to that. Carvin is one of the founders of the Creative Minds Performing Arts School. The school will house Karma Junior Productions and is projected to be open in 2020. What's going on, Carvin Higgins? Hey, what's going on? How you doing? I'm good. I wrote that, you know. I mean, I took some yeah. of it from your bio, but I kind of like mixed that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that, that was actually dope. It, there's a couple things that's missing, but it, that was dope. That was real dope. <laughs> And they're only missing because I'm not. I, I have. I haven't gotten all the way into uh, telling everybody the other things that's happening. Got it. Got it. Okay. I was about to say. Now I did do my research. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. You did. You did. You did. Okay. So one of my first segments that I do um, on my podcast is called "In the News," and we're just going to talk about three things that are in the news. You give me your view and your take on them. And of course, since you are uh, in the music business, I would love to start with Nas and this Lost Tapes 2 that he has now announced on his Instagram. So are we here for this, Carvin? Like, are we excited that we're getting this long, like, awaited album from Nas, the Lost Tapes 2? Well, you know what? I mean, when you're dealing with the icon, you're dealing with someone who actually was a part of um, sculpturing the new 
Renaissance MC uh, who did the foundation, the work of the foundation, and stood on the shoulders of the other guys. I mean, of course, we want to hear what Nas is talking about. He's, he's, his music and his lyrics are always uh, forever. So, yeah, of course, everybody should be excited about that. Yeah, I'm excited. That's my favorite artist. I'm very excited. Um, all right, so the next topic is the NBA Finals. Now, I don't know if you've been keeping up. I haven't had a chance to keep up, which is surprising because that's like my favorite sport. Um, but, I mean, what is, what's going on? What you think? You think the Raptors going to take this? You know, uh, what's funny is I might be one of the only men that are not a real sports man. Um, granted, I, I have been keeping up. Don't get me wrong. I have been, I have been watching, but I'm not the, I'm not the sports fan. I don't. For me, I'm not excited about watching people make money. Like nobody comes to my job and watches me make money. I'm not really a fan of going to somebody else's job and watching them make money. But, um, you know, uh, when when you look at both teams, I think they are are talented, super qualified for their position. I think that um, I think that there's a desire on on both sides, especially now that KD got hurt again. I'm sure there's there's a, a drive that's that's pushing them all. But um, you know, it's it's a toss up. It's it's hard to tell because you can't count Golden State out because they are champions and they know how to deal with this level of uh, um, professionalism. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Toronto, this is their, this is a first time venture in a long time. So, but the energy, the youthfulness and the way they're playing ball, uh, it's a lot to be said about it. So, yeah, yeah it's the talk up. Okay. Well, for somebody who's not quote unquote a sports person, you definitely gave it to us. Um, and lastly, when they see us, uh, you know, that was the, the miniseries created yeah. and directed mm-hmm. by Ava DuVernay. And um, for some people, it's heavy. So I just want to know, have you watched it yet? Do you intend to watch it? And, you know, what's your views if you have watched some of it? It is heavy. I, I haven't been able to get past the first episode. It's very heavy. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely watched it. Uh, it's extremely heavy, but, you know, it's sad to say that I, it's not abnormal. You know, mm-hmm. this is, this, this is uh, a great depiction of what, had happened, has happened, and is happening still. You know, as many as too many of our our black men or black children going to jail for crimes they didn't commit, and you know, the way from Emmett Till all the way to now, that is just happening. They're going to either be murdered or in prison for something they did not commit. You know, so um, very very uh, important show for everybody to watch, every race, you know, because some people turn a blind eye to uh, the woes of black people. When we talk about how the police are harassing us, you know, no one wants to hear it because they're like, yeah, that's that's the black song. You know what I mean? But, you know, there's there's too much evidence to show if you go through all of those court cases in, in any courthouse in any city across this country, you'll find the majority of black men that's in there who say they're not guilty, most of them are not guilty. Yeah. Agreed. Well, thank you. So, let's jump into your interview. Um, you've been in the music business for, well, I would say, what, over 25 years? Is that about yeah. right? Yeah. yeah so, 
um, where do you feel, and I'm going to start with kind of like the tough question, where do you feel the music business has failed artists? Because I think things have changed drastically since you first started in the industry. Um, and that, I mean, yeah. obviously you can see that even now with the streaming, um, artists aren't making the, the money they used to make, especially even legacy artists. So where do you feel like the music business has failed artists? Well, you know, here, here's the sad reality. The, the artist never was passing. They, they've never had the opportunity to be passing. The artist has been failing. Um, the moment they sign their record deal, they've been, they've been below average of failing. You know what I mean? They've been a, a, a low D. You know what I mean? And even the successful artists that we see, again, they are successful, but most likely they are um, working from a deficit. You know, so the business the business is designed to put you at a deficit the moment you sign your contract, and then you, it's like being in debt, it's like taking a loan and being in debt uh, for the rest of your life. You know, so right. it's always it's always been failing the artist. Now um, there's not a lot of money being put into artist development. It's not a lot of money being put into um, oratorical skills. And so you you have um, a group of renegade artists that's kind of just doing their thing and not really paying attention to the overall impact of community that they're having. So um, I, I think in some sense, some labels were at that point, but now uh, the record labels have moved into a position of numbers and numbers only. So they're not really concerned about content, they're concerned about numbers. So when you have uh, when you have the accountant running the business based on feeling, emotion, and vibe, all he's going to get is the end result, but it's not doing the numbers that we need. So let's go find the artist that can do the numbers that we want. So um, right. yeah, it's, 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 it's so many on so many sides, so many fronts. There, you know, issues. Well, it's funny that you. You said that that's a very transparent answer because most people won't even admit um, that the artist kind of goes in losing. So in, in that case, then why should an artist sign a deal today or even then? Like what was what was something that obviously enticed them? What do you think the industry has done or the music business has done to help them? Because artists are still signing deals to this day. And that's still like a huge dream for many artists. Well, you know, there, there's we can equate that to a couple of things, right? The first thing I think of is everybody wants to belong, right? Everybody wants to be a part of a winning team. Everybody has that, that longing feeling. Maybe it's from childhood abandonment. Maybe it's from being teased as a kid, from being a weirdo, because most artists are weirdos. Uh, you know, they're not, you know, into the sports or playing sports, so their trophy is their, their music, so... Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is fame. Fame is, you know, the biggest drug that you could ever sell to anyone. So to be famous, some people would rather be famous and poor than, than rich and unknown, right? So um, you have you have artists that are willing to do that, and then there is the opportunity, right? So if if you're a wise person. And like I teach some of the kids that I'm working with now who want to do record deals or publishing deals, 
my my point to them is that the money the money that you get when you sign is basically a loan. Now you can take that loan and you can squander it. Uh, it's a loan with a a three hundred percent interest rate, right? So you could take this loan and squander it, or you could take this loan and invest it into something. You can buy yourself a franchise, or you know, a McDonald's franchise, depending on how big the the the, uh, the advancement is, because it's really just an advance on the money that you're possibly going to make in right. the future. So, so that advance that you get uh, invested, buy property, buy something that's going that's going to continue to make you money until um your record deal makes you money you know yeah and i think that that's um obviously with this podcast being called keys to the game the whole idea uh for my listeners is not that you uh take away um this whole concept of chasing after entertainment or chasing after the music business whatever it is but it's being smart and one of the gems I believe you just dropped and I think people have said this to athletes you know they say it to a lot of people that are pursuing entertainment and careers that are quote-unquote non-traditional you should take whatever money you get from this contract and invest it buy some property flip the houses because it's not forever and you're not even guaranteed with the exception of maybe an athlete, um, to make that money that they gave you. So you got to have a way to uh, create other streams of income and be smart about the money that you are getting. Because it is a loan, people. It's a loan. Yeah. <laughs> and and here, here's the thing, too. Like, the record companies have access to everything, right? They have relationships and they have a network in place as far as television and radio is concerned so most artists want to sign because they know that they'll get the television and radio look but now since the internet has come into play artists can bypass the major labels and go directly to the distributors which would be a itunes a google play uh, um uh, um uh title or spotify right so they can bypass them and, and begin to make the money that they should make but then at the same time, they still don't have the record labels push, which is that financial push that you need to become a superstar. So everything, you know, like we, everyone, everyone wants to go viral, but things just don't go viral. There's a financial, financial push to make you go viral. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, you're This is a business. You know, it's a business. It's not you put your music on the internet, somebody hear it and then it's like oh this is incredible no it doesn't work like that right. you push your money you, you put your music on the internet someone put money behind it and they push it to all the places it needs to be pushed and then you go viral so um it's, it's just making sure you get a financial backing and, and sometimes it don't have to be a record label I'm so glad you said that. I mean, things have changed drastically since the days of Soldier Boy putting up his music on MySpace and going viral. And it's different now. And I think people hear viral and they just get so excited. And like you said, it's so much more than that. And although you think in your mind like, oh, I just put up my song and it got a million hits on YouTube or put up my video, it's not necessarily the case for most artists. They are getting some kind of backing. Um, even when that happens. And so those who do it on their own and they go viral that, you know, they go viral quickly and in a major way, that's like a really like small number. Like, you know what I mean? That's like yeah, a really yeah. small 
numbers. So I'm glad you pointed that out because I think everybody's goal today, oh, I want to go viral, but it's so much more to that. So um, yeah. writing writing yeah. for some music, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Did you? No, no, I was going to say just in general now, it's the same way radio has gatekeepers now now going viral, the gatekeepers have put themselves in place to be, uh, you have to go through them to go viral now. You know what I mean? Before, yeah. maybe about five years ago, three years ago, it was easy to do it, but now they've put the gatekeepers in, a, in play and they figured it out to, to make it as hard as radio. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they're doing the same thing for those who don't know in Hollywood. So, um, yeah. all right, so writing for some of music's biggest names, who are three artists that you would love to work with today and why, whether they're known or unknown? Wow, that's a, um, a great question. Um, is there somebody I would want to work with today? I mean, um, I definitely would love to get back in the studio with Mary. Mm-hmm. I think um, the, the synergy with her was incredible. Um, um, I would love to uh, sit down with SZA. I like I like her pen. I think she has a really good pen. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, else? Uh, honestly, there's not too many. There, there's really not, not too many. I mean, <laughs> there's there's two that I've worked with that I think are phenomenal. Um, uh, Moo Fresh. Uh, well, actually, three. I love Moo her. Fresh. Is that the the lady, the rapper, the girl? Yeah, 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 she's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. So she's a singer rapper. She's dope. Um, um. A, a guy by the name of Billy Mercury, we just work with him. He's he's phenomenal. Um, Algebra Blissett, um, oh, she her. she's phenomenal. You know? oh. and then also uh, Deja Blue, who is a new yeah. artist, and she's like super super phenomenal. Yeah, she's good. I, I heard her on Lex Downstrike. Um, what I love, one of the things I want you guys to understand, and this is funny to me people don't get it like songwriting is extremely hard and I actually which I have to still thank you for to this day had the opportunity to kind of sit in the studio with Carvin and it's hard so when you have producers being picky about who they want to work with it's because it's time and it's money and yeah it's it's very hard it's not just writing lyrics on a piece of paper it's a very hard process so um even what you naming the people that you named, especially with Mumu, like phenomenal algebra set, who I first heard um, through Esperanza Spalding. Like these are great artists who may be kind of still underground, but they're really dope. So yeah, guys, producers are picky because it is very hard to write a song. <laughs> um, no, it is. Like I'm not even going front. Uh, so one of the things that I love, and we connected on this level when I actually came to the studio, um, we talked a lot about God and ministry and um, you understand the importance of ministry being a mission, regardless of the field you're in. And so I want you to talk a little bit about how you've kind of, and I don't know if this was like always your focus, but um, for instance, I know Montel Jordan who ended up, 
becoming a minister of music at uh, Victory World Church at the church that I was at down in Atlanta. I remember him sharing his testimony of how, you know, when he first got into business, it's crazy. You know, you may have been raised in the church, but you don't necessarily always keep it with you. Um, he kind of strayed away and then he eventually realized that his ministry was, um, it was it's still music, but of course it's about leading people to Christ. And so I just want you to talk a little bit about how you now view music as a ministry today and what you're doing to, I guess, in your own way, lead people to God. Yeah, well, um, what's funny is I grew up Muslim, so um, yeah, I have, a, a, I have the Muslim set of values in my Christian walk, right? So um, one of the things I've just always felt that I, I never wanted to create music that will lead people in the wrong direction. Because I know, I know the power of music and I know what, what, um, how infectious it is and how it becomes a part of your life and then becomes a part of your lifestyle, right? So um, in my creation, in, in, in my beginning of my career, I declared that I just wasn't making any music that would be crazy or anything that would lead people in the wrong direction. In the course of my career, um, you know, I got saved. I, I converted from Islam to Christianity and, and just, you know, felt that in, in my music, there has to be a message. And, and again, it's, that's not an original idea. That comes from my predecessors and my mentor, Kenny Gamble and Leon Huff. You know, the, you know, the Philadelphia International Music there was always every record, there's a message in the music. Every single song that you hear that comes from them is a message, a message of love, a message of, of how to even, um, how to relate in, in situations, how to, uh, solutions and resolutions to situations. So um, that's, that's something that I adopted from them. So in my, in my penmanship, my focus was to make sure that each record that I wrote um, produced the problem, presented a problem, presented the course of the problem, and then presented a resolution without preaching. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just, this is This is a real situation. This is a real issue. This is how it can go if you choose to handle it this way. This could be an outcome. So for every, every problem there, there's a number amount of outcomes you can get from it. So what I try to do is bring the most honest thoughts together to make the song resolve in a, um, a resolution that is honest, mm. you know? Yeah, I like that. And I think that that's what ministry is all about, regardless of the industries you're in. Absolutely. So like for me being in Hollywood and even, um, you know, my 13th book was released. Like I'm very, well, it's about to be released. I'm very big on making sure it all has a message and I don't feel like it has to be preachy, especially because most of my novels are for teens and teens don't necessarily want to be beat over the head with the Bible, but I'm giving them real life stories and, you know, presenting a problem and then presenting a solution um, with the hope that in the end, they kind of understand like keeping God first is, is the solution. I mean, really, it really is. Um, yeah. So, that's, yeah. that's and, something that I always recommend. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's cool. And definitely, you know, the reason, the whole reason for the name of my company, Ethical Music Entertainment, is basically, we, you know, in our music, we present the ethics of God. And, 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 and what it is is I'll show you the ethics, I'll show you the outcome, and I'll let you reason with yourself um, 
to to choose the right outcome. I just give you enough of God um, in action so you can want to adapt and adopt those those philosophies to your life. And and once you adopt those philosophies, when somebody starts talking to you uh, from a Bible perspective through the music, you've already adopted the philosophy, so it's more palatable to um, listening to, you know. Right. Okay, Carvin. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's this thing going on, and I ask all of my, my guests this simply because, especially if you've been in a business for years, and we, and I don't want to say this thing going on, but with the hashtag Me Too movement that is now taking place the last five years, there's been this big expose of every industry. Um, you know, people are calling out names, you know, calling out predators, whatever they, they choose to call them. And, you know, just recently with the shy and Jason Mitchell and Tiffany Boone, it's just something that I feel like is probably going to get worse before it gets better. Um, but as a man in this business, what I want to ask you is what advice would you give to young girls who are pursuing a career in any facet of entertainment, but especially music, when it comes to maintaining their integrity and not getting caught up? Because you will be propositioned, ladies. I mean, it's just like a given. Um, so, you know, mm-hmm. as a man, like, what if I, and you have, you have, I don't know how many children you have, but I know you have a daughter. I do know, you yeah. know, you have a daughter. Yeah. So, like, what advice would you give as a man in this business to young girls who want to come in to keep their integrity intact? I mean, I, I think first and foremost, figure out what you're trying to sell. Figure out what you're in the business for. If you're in the business to sell sex, then just know that that's going to be on the forefront of every mind of a man when they meet you. Um, if if your if your idea is to sell music, then that means that when you're presented with the option of sex, leave. It's as simple as that. Don't get involved. Like know know your worth. Know know that you have a talent. Know that your talent is going to definitely get you to where you need to be and you actually don't have to add anything else onto that but talent. You know, you don't, you, you, your talent don't require uh, anything sexual on it. Like your gift will make room for you. So if yeah. you use your gift and not your body, then it'll make room for you. You use your body and not your gift, then it's gonna box you in a, in a place that you're not gonna have any room. So, uh, Trust your gift. Trust the God, the, the God that gave you that gift, and know that it will make room for you. That was so powerful. And one of my favorite quotes is, "It may take me a little bit longer because I'm not selling my soul." And I just think that's the thing everybody wants to get there fast. So you gotta understand it may take a little bit longer uh, for you to reach the level that you want to reach, but it's not worth your soul. Yeah. Uh, so we've lost some major musical pioneers and icons over the years. I mean, just major. We've taken some heavy hits. Um, and even, you know, this year with me being in L.A. with the death of Nipsey Hussle. But what death would you say really affected you and why? Whether it was someone that you had worked with or you knew, like what death really hit you hard? Not just this year, but just in general with some of the people we've lost. You, you know, um I may sound cold when it comes to this question, but I'm just a firm believer 
and uh, absent from the body, present with the Lord, right? And, and, I, and I'm a firm believer that, you know, um, one of the things that I look forward to in life that, that you can never avoid is death. So it may be unexpected. It may, it may be happening, but it's expected, right? So it may come from an unexpected time and an unexpected place, but it's expected. So um, death doesn't bother me. Okay. Death is that death is you know I don't I don't think twice about death because I know it's happening. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's like uh, my my uh, my entire life is is uh, if I could say based on the end result. So whatever it is I get into, I look at the end result, the possibility of the end result. Right? I set up all of these possibilities. So when I'm starting, however way it ends, I've already, I've already planned for that. So I'm not surprised when it happens. So for every life that I see, I'm already planning like, okay, they're going to die soon. Love them. Love what you did. I love your contribution because what you contributed added to, to my building from Prince to Michael Jackson, from Whitney Houston on, on you know, on down to Nipsey Hustle, even though, uh, his impact wasn't for me, it was for the younger kids, but I understand and I, and I respect his hustle. So um, I don't take none of that personal. I just take that as a part of life. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, everybody, it. yeah, yeah, that, that's it, that's it for me. Well, it wasn't a cold answer, but uh, I, <laughs> it definitely was an unexpected answer, but hey. Very, um, <laughs> I mean, very interesting way to to look at it, and I'm sure um, it within that um, someone took away a, a solid gem. Um, so I want you to talk to some of the young producers out there. One of the things that I find uh, anybody, not just producers, but I feel like my generation as a millennial, um, you know, we have this thing where. You know, you want to just like get to the top really quick and everybody wants to work with a big name like the minute they start their career. Um, but that wasn't necessarily always the case with you. And so talk to some of the young producers who all, who are looking to work with these big names. Um, give them some advice or rather I would say what three steps should they take? But I don't think the focus should be, oh, I can't wait to work with the Mary J. Blige or Beyonce. Like you got to work your way up to that. So you know, talk to some of the young producers out there that are looking to work with some pretty heavy hitters. Well, I think um, the first thing is that make sure you are a producer. Because some people are really good with making beats and programming, program, programming beats, but, and they consider that as a producer when actually really you're just, a, you're, you're a music writer. That's what you're doing. A producer is the person that sees the song from start to finish um and make sure that the direction of the record goes in the direction that it should be so the producer the producer is actually a visionary and especially jones said it like this if i scrambled a puzzle on the floor and i told one person to move a piece here and another person to move a piece there and another person to move a piece there and continue that process until the picture was finished who is the producer the ones who moved the pieces or the one who put it together who saw the vision from the pieces Right. So, right. So the producer is the one who sees the vi sees the end of the record before it even starts. 
All right. That's how it's going to end. That's the producer. The person who wrote the music is a music writer. So if you are a producer, make sure you're a producer in every essence of the, of the word. Um, the second thing I would say that before you get to any famous artist, it's important that you develop something of your own. Yeah. Right? I think most, most producers find you an artist that no one knows, create great music with that artist and make that artist become the famous artist. You create a famous artist, then you'll work with famous artists. Uh, if, if not, the only way you would possibly work with the famous artist is by giving up most of your rights to your music in order to get with them. You know, you may team with a, a production company, a publishing company, or even sign to an artist who has their own production company and pretty much you'll be giving up most of your rights of, of your music or some of your rights of your music to be a part of that artist's production. So I say create your own artist. Don't be a chaser, be a creator. Mm-hmm. Y'all hear that? <laughs> I think, though, know, it's, it's so true. Like, you, you, ownership is, in my opinion, the goal these days, period regardless of the industry you're in. So the goal is to make sure you're creating something that is yours. Um, and I always say, let people come to you. Like even now with me out here in Hollywood, like I'm not really chasing Hollywood. I mean, yeah, I'm doing the work, but I'm not really chasing Hollywood. Eventually, the more work I put out and the more things that I create, they'll end up, you know, knocking on my door. So now Absolutely. when it comes to partnerships, such as the one that you I don't know if you still have it with Ivan, like if you guys are still partners, but when it comes to partnerships, um, what would you say that one should look for? So, you know, there are lots of teams, you know, we had Jay and Dame, you know, we had plenty of teams um, of people that kind of linked up and did some powerful things in music. So uh, when someone is coming into the business and they don't really want to do it by themselves, or maybe they're just talking to someone um, and they're thinking of forming a partnership, um, how do you make a partnership in this business last? Um, honestly, make sure you do your part. You know, it, it, it's best that you find a, a partner who is uh, doing the opposite of what you're doing. Like, if y'all both make beats, then eventually y'all going to be in competition. Mm. Um, if one if one write the song and one make the beats, then y'all never be in comp- competition. Now y'all can work together. Uh, on a consistent basis, and, and each of you just have to make sure you do your 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 fifty percent. Yeah, you, you you know what I mean, and then you you come to a common ground of 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 meeting and understanding, knowing your lane and standing your lane, knowing your position and standing your position, do playing your position to the highest uh, degree of creativity that you can do it. And, and and hope that your partner does the same. And I think if you treat people fairly and you make sure everything is done fair, then you can have a partnership that can last, last a lifetime, actually. Right. Okay. Good stuff. Now, when you're producing for a new artist, especially just piggybacking off of the question with, you know, who you would work with, but when you are producing for a new artist, um, like I know you have Bria Marie and I'm sure others, um, what special thing well, are you? Actually, actually right, right now we have Deja Blue. And, oh. 
Okay. Yeah, she's like the she is the yeah she the, she is that that thing that new thing. But go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, it's okay. Um, so what special thing are you looking for, and like, how do you go about, um, you know, deciding I want to work with this person, or I want to help them, um, produce, you know, their album? Like, I know you've worked with Suzanne, Christine, who I went to high school with. Um, like, I, I know that there's something that you obviously look for. And so what is that thing that you, you look for in the artist in order for them to sit down in your chair in your studio and get your time? Um, I look for determination. Like, and that's what I'm more interested in, determination. I don't, I don't want an artist that I got to call and remind them that they got to go to the studio. I don't want an artist that I'm going to be working harder than. It doesn't make sense for me to work harder than anyone for their career. That doesn't make sense. Like my career is set. So if you are hardworking, you go hard, you believe in what you do and, and you don't cut no corners, then I'm I'm for it. Like I'm I'm for helping you out. Sorry. Hey, I'm sorry, I don't know whose line got clipped. Is that you or me? I don't know. I didn't hear you. Okay. You were still talking? Yeah, I was still talking. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened, but on my end, it, it cut out. So um, let's just start that question over. Hopefully, the rest of it is fine um, because it got cut. So you, I was asking you okay. when um, producing for yeah, new artists. About the artists. Yeah, yeah, what are you looking so, for? Um, when it comes to artists that I'm looking for, it's basically uh, determination. Uh, and in my mind, determination beat talent any day. So if you're a determined artist and you're going hard for your career, then, I, then I'm there to support you. But if you if you're an artist that want me to come in the studio, call you for the studio time, wait in the studio for you, produce the music for you, write for you, and you're not doing anything, I'm not I'm not wasting my time with that. Right. I, I should I'm not. I, it doesn't make sense for me to work harder for your career than you working for your own career. Right. So determination is great, but of course you're looking for the talent, obviously, to be there. Um, how far are you willing to go with, like, artist development? Oh, I, I do I do it all. And, and trust that determination is way better than talent because there are talented artists that are lazy as hell. They just don't. Talented artists don't give their all because they know they can do it. A determined artist may not be the best singer, may, may not even know all that they need to know, but they go so hard that once you develop uh, a sound for them, it'll they, they can sustain it for at least 10 years because they, they're still going hard at it. You know, like even when you think about Michael Jordan, he was one of the most determined basketball players in the game. When he got cut in 11th grade, he went that, that day, he practiced every day. And so it was time to, to for uh, tryouts again. And then when he played, he played better than everybody. But right. then he kept that same ritual after after every season. He practiced every day, all the way up until his championship championships. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. when you look when you look at it from that perspective, he may not have been the best, the most talented ball player uh, when he started, but his determination made him greater, made him the greatest basketball player of our time. Right. Right. And he you said know. that. He said that 
it was his practicing every day that made him better and better. He never actually said, oh, I was the greatest. He actually came in and just said he practiced every day and he would not stop until he made whatever shot or goal that he had set for himself. So that is so true. And even Will Smith says it, another lovely Philadelphian. He said that I'm not the greatest actor out there. I'm just the hardest working one. So that's another gem, people. All right, so um, one more question before we get to the game segment, which is so fun. So, you know, you have to play my game. Um, what books are you reading these days? Honestly, the only book that I've, I'm reading these days is the Bible. Okay. That's what I'm reading. Yeah. So people, make sure you pick up a copy of the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Make yeah. sure you pick up a copy of the Bible and read it because yeah. that is the book suggestion. Um, Listen, that... the, the, and, and the reason why, and the reason why is because that book, and within that book, there's so many life lessons and there's so much education, um, inspiration, focus. It, it actually shows you what, what's necessary to even be successful now. It's just, you know, when when you read about the rise and fall of different empires and different kings and you get to see what made them rise and you get to see what made them fall. And, and so it's really a, um, a intricate book that if you're looking for the instructions on life is in there. Absolutely. It's full of wisdom. Great blueprint for your life. But y'all hear that, guys? Like, y'all hear how he did me? He didn't even say, I'm reading Maya K. Do you hear this? <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Okay, so before you head out and before I pray for you, because I pray for all of my guests, we are going to play a game. And okay. it's fun. Like, yesterday, well, yeah, I interviewed Lyris Cross, and it was so much fun. You know, she's like a top model, and it was, it's just fun. So yours, of course, is going to be all based around music. Um, I'm not going to time you. Usually I put the time on, put a little pressure, but I'm not going to time you. Um, and we're going to start. And I'm going to give you options. And then you just tell me which one it is. Um, all right. So you ready? Uh-huh. All right. First one. Who was awarded the first rap Grammy? As Oh, okay, I was gonna say, see, I, I knew I didn't even need to give him any like multiple choice. He knew it. Okay, let me see, let me see. Which two rappers had the worst beef in hip hop history? Well, I mean that's a lot, but Ja Rule and No, it was Biggie and Tupac. That isn't that crazy? Well, I mean, that's just a yeah, I, <laughs> I mean there's there's two ways to look at that, right? So Biggie and Tupac, uh, beef was bad, but it was more like Bad Boy and Death Row, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because that that the problem was that the reason why I said Fifty and Ja Rule because Fifty really messed up a lot of Ja Rule's money yeah. and even damaged it to this day. Like like future finances was damaged and actually his career was ended and he he had to live he had to live through it to see that you know what i mean like that's yeah that's i feel you that's, that's damaged yeah that's bad yeah, that's, that's bad because you got to bear witness to the fail 
till you fail from a, a rap battle. Like your whole career is over. I think people say Biggie and Tupac because though it may have been their labels, it's still, I mean, neither one of them are here. And I don't know whether that necessarily, well, many think that played a role in Biggie's death. So I think that that's why most people say Biggie and Tupac. But I love the way you broke that down because when you're messing with somebody coins and they legacy, that's a big deal. Yeah, Um, yeah. and with Biggie too, you got to think Again, that there's a lot behind those stories, but mm-hmm. that hit that hit was put out from a record label standpoint. That was the rap battle beef. You know what I mean? I that was a, that, okay. That was got yeah. It. And then Tupac got killed because you know fighting in in Vegas. So you know what I mean? And again, to me, I still think that was a rap a, a label hit too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel so, you. But. But I do, I, I get it though. I definitely get it. Right. But very, but very good discussion because I didn't even know the details of what you shared about uh, 50 and Ja Rule simply because I wasn't really a fan of either of them. So, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. So, name the girls that were in the group TLC, which I know is pretty easy. Uh, the girls that was in, in the group T Boz, Lestai, and Chili. Good. Number four, what was the name of Destiny's Child's first album? Now, if you need me to give you multiple choice for something, you can. I can give you multiple choice. That that was a, that's a a great question. Let me me get the multiple choice on that. Okay. So A is Destiny's Child, B, Survivor, C, The Writings on the Wall, and D, No, No, No. I think I'm gonna go with uh, I think I'm gonna go with Destiny's Child because No 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 was the name of the single. You better go, Carp. And and the writings on the wall was the second album, and Survivor was the third. Come on, Carp. See, all right. What artist is not a part of Young Money Entertainment? And I didn't even know this one, so I don't follow Young Money, but. What artist is not a part of Young Money Entertainment? And I can give you, I have to give you the multiple choice here. So it's A, okay. Little Twist, or Little Twist. B, Corey Guns. C, is it Gutta Gutta? I guess that's how you say his name. And D, Lloyd. Hmm. It's, um, it's uh, 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 Corey Guns. It's, it's Lloyd. I think a lot of people think Lloyd was a part of Young Money because he did so many songs with them, but he was actually never officially right. part of Young Money. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, I thought it, yeah, for some reason, yeah, like you said, he before he did like four records with um with uh, Lil Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Right. But it was yeah. Lloyd that's not an official member. Um wow. number six, which was Eminem's most controversial song? And for me to be an Eminem fan, I actually got this one wrong. Um, A, we made you. B, Stan. C, Bully. Or D, the real Slim Shady. Hmm. I now feel like all of it is controversial. <laughs> they are, they all were controversial. I think the real Slim Shady because he he went like against religion or something in that record, and the church went crazy. But yeah. It was bully. 
See that I had Stan, which I guess hindsight that wasn't right, but it was Bully. Oh wow! And that's yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah. I picked Stan because although he was kind of paying homage to a fan who apparently had killed herself or whatever, but it was it was a little bit controversial for some people. So yeah. okay, moving yeah. right along, we almost at the end. Name the R&B singer who started her career in 1994, but died in 2001 at the age of 22. Mm-hmm. Aaliyah. What Michael Jackson album is the second best-selling album ever? I shouldn't need to give you multiple choice, but I will if you need me to. <laughs> the second best album ever? Right. Michael Jackson well, album is the second best-selling album ever. Right. I mean, Thriller was the number one best-selling album. So more... No, Thriller is actually considered second best-selling. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's his, considered his, his second. second. Right, that's why I said oh, his okay, name twice. Okay. So you would get right, right, right. Okay, his second. Okay, okay. Okay, so Thriller would be, okay. yeah. Name the first hip hop rap single to be released and who it was by. Now you gotta get this. Yeah, that's the Sugar Hill Gang rappers like. Oh, come on, I mean, if I had money, I would give it all to you. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> last question: Who was the first female artist to debut on the Billboard album chart at number one? Do I need to give you multiple choice? The first female artist yes. on the Billboard. What what Billboard charts? The R and B or the Hot One Hundred? It just says album chart. Who was the first female artist to debut on the Billboard album <clears throat> chart at one? I could give you the multiple choice because that is a good question that you asked, but they didn't break it down like that. Yeah, yeah. Give me a multiple choice because uh, there's there's the R and B category and then there's the yeah. Top One Hundred. So it's A, Mariah Carey, B, Shada, C, Madonna, and D, Whitney Houston. Wow, wow, wow. That's interesting. Um, it would definitely, uh, wait, Whitney came before Mariah, right? So I, I think it would be Whitney. I think it would be Whitney. It is Whitney. And it's yeah. funny because I had Mariah. And it's only because I think the question is a bit confusing. And I was like, yeah. I think Mariah Curry, But Whitney Houston is the correct answer. Okay, you go ahead. I think you got eight out of ten. You, you did good. You oh, did good. Oh, <laughs> That's what's up. I mean, with you being, in my opinion, um, an icon in your own way, I, I think it would be um, imperative that you get those correct. Um, but thank you so much, Carvin, for joining me. Um, I don't know what happened there with the phone. I pray that the interview did not get erased. I pray that, you know, everything is, is okay because it was definitely a really dope interview. Um, and I believe all the listeners will have some good knowledge and some wisdom, as I like to say, wisdom um, to carry through their career. So is there anything you'd like to say um, before I pray us out? No, actually, I just wanted to say thank you very much for having me on the show. It was fun. Uh, definitely uh, made me wake my brain up early this morning. 
<laughs> but uh, um, I, and I hope someone is fed from this from this message. So. Absolutely. He talking about his brain. It's seven. Well, it was seven o'clock when we got on this phone over here on this coast. <laughs> you said ten. I was like, oh my god. But I get up at five anyway. But it was. I was like, Lord have mercy. <laughs> um, but it's all good. So thank you so much. And of course, I'm going to pray us out. Are you ready? All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time, for this word, because I do believe it was a word. I thank you for carving his ministry and his legacy. And I thank you, Lord, that with all the years of experience that he has, that he still uh, continues to pour into others, whether it's in the music industry or outside the music industry. So I ask that you just continue to lead the right people to him, um, that you keep him safe and protected, his children, his family. I thank you for all that he does for the community back home in Philadelphia, which again goes beyond music. I'm praying over the vision and whatever stage that they are with the performing arts school. Um, We need more schools, especially in my opinion, from kingdom people. And so I just thank you, God, again, for everything that you've done for him thus far. Continue to open doors of opportunity for him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. So we'll talk soon. All right. Sounds good. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.